Father, we come humbly before your throne, knowing that none of us have arrived and that nothing is possible unless we seek you, spiritually speaking, and in a balanced way. We cannot lean too far to the left and we cannot lean too far to the right. We must continually look up to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and that's my heart's desire today. That's my prayer today for each of us, those that are gathered here today at Big John's and those that may tune in on the internet. May your peace and blessing be with each of us as we seek your truth and your way. And may we give you all the glory in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, one thing that I have learned is that I am a provoker of truth. I've said this before, and I believe that we should provoke each other to this truth and to this holiness. And as a matter of fact, you could provoke me to holiness all day long, even if you're a hypocrite. But unfortunately, a tad bit of this hypocrisy has the potential to surface in us all. But it should not be so. We should daily be continually seeking repentance to not be a hypocrite. My adult children are older now. Three of them, one still at the house, and I'm glad that they, even though they themselves in many ways have not fully submitted to Christ, they are willing to tell others that their parents are not hypocrites and that they believe what they believe, but I cannot say that is entirely true because there have been moments throughout our marriage and striving to lead our children that we have been hypocrites. And we had to repent of this hypocrisy. And this is what I want to provoke you to today. I provoke myself to the righteousness of God, to the truth of God. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1, Having therefore these promises dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. We should be attempting to perfect this by the grace of Almighty God, my friends. What are you trying to perfect in your life if it isn't the holiness of God? I don't care what you're called to do. There's a continual perfecting of this. God is sanctifying us. He is making us more holy and holy as he molds us and shapes us even through the tribulations and the trials of this life. So my question is, as we provoke one another to this holiness, are we genuinely concerned for one another? Are you seeking to build up those whom you provoke, or are you seeking to tear them down? That is the difference. Love is the difference. Do you truly love your neighbor? as yourself. 2 Corinthians 7, 2-3, receive us, 
We have wronged no man. We have corrupted no man. We have defrauded no man. I speak not this to condemn you, for I have said before that you are in our hearts to die and live with you. And I will tell you this, if you are not willing to live and die with me, go provoke somewhere else. Move on to somewhere else. Scroll on to another page because I'm at the page. Because I won't listen to you, neither do I expect you to listen to me if I do not care for you. But I do care for you because I know what God has done in my life and I seek that same, that same peace to be wrought in other people's lives. And I don't care what, follow, what side of the political or religious spectrum you fall upon. I will provoke the left and I will provoke the right. And you better for not one moment think that just because you're on the right that you are without sin. Sometimes it's the right we have to watch the most. Because they're the ones that are trying to hide something. The left isn't trying to hide anything. <laughs> they'll, they'll openly tell you that they play with demons. And they're not ashamed of it. But the right will play with the demons and they'll hide it. And I'll tell you this, anyone who, who, who is, you want to know someone who is dangerous? All who are dangerous, who mock the family, to include immature incels who mock the women of the home, which is existing right now in the America First movement. On the far right. So you want to talk about danger, you talk about those who attack the family structure, those who attack the woman of the home, those who mock them. What is welcome and that is not dangerous are those who are willing to live and die with each other. Those who are willing to fellowship with one another even in the midst of tribulation. 2 Corinthians 7.4 Great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is my glorying of you. I am filled with comfort. I am exceedingly joyful in all of our tribulation. It's not going to be easy, my friends. Big John and Ann have been kind enough to host us this weekend. And it's from his home that I preach the gospel to you today. And we comforted each other these last couple of days in the word of God and in Jesus Christ. And we talked about the tribulation to come. And the fact that yesterday we did a episode together as we talked about the left and the right and how so many think that there are political messiahs that are going to save us from this tribulation that is going to come upon this country that refuses to repent. I guess I suppose this comfort and this fellowship that even we talk about our struggles and our sorrows, I suppose this is why those who have experienced arduous military conditions, how we speak of those things, whether it be training or even a wartime environment, how those things are spoken of from years to come of all the the pain and the suffering that they that we went together through as men. And I suppose this is why Paul speaks of 
much of the troubles that he experienced is as a minister, a true minister of Jesus Christ, because it's through this ministry that we do experience hardship and trials. And I guess I also suppose that speaking the truth to others is not always easy. But I find it to be much like speaking truth to our children. We speak difficult and hard truth to them because we love them and we do not want to see them harmed by lies. We care for them. So we speak to them hard truth. And this is what Paul is doing in this chapter to his beloved Christians that lived in Corinth. Verses 8 through 10, for though... I made you sorry with the letter. I do not repent, though I did repent, for I perceived that the same epistle hath made you sorry, though it for, were but, for but a season. Now I rejoice not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance. For you were made sorry after a godly manner that you might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorry worketh, sorrow re worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Maybe the man that just recently spoke at a commencement ceremony for an education institution. Maybe he felt the same way. Maybe he was doing his best by the grace of God to provoke those graduates to find righteousness in their life. Came across an article. My wife sent it to me yesterday. NBCnews.com by Jay Val. The title reads, Hateful Anti-LGBTQ Graduation Speech at Ohio High School Sparks Outrage. When he made the comment that marriage should be only between a man and a woman, my, my jaw dropped to the floor, one alumni said. And then the snippet and excerpt reads, a high school graduation speech telling students to choose a spouse based on biblical principles is sparking outrage online. Choose a spouse, I suggest, alumnus Jim McGuire said in the commencement address at River Valley High School in Caledonia, Ohio. I strongly suggest to make sure to choose biblical principles. You know a male with a female and a female with a male. So here we have a bold man speaking the word of God, speaking hard truth to a high school of recent graduates. Now, this type of truth may hurt the feelings of some, but I'm here to tell you it's this truth that he spoke to those graduates, and it's the truth that I speak to you today that will save the body and the soul. Who cares about your feelings? Feelings save nobody. It's faith and faith alone that saves the soul. So I'm not sorry. As Paul had said, he said, I'm not sorry that I said this hard truth to you. And it's here that we find balanced preaching. Preaching that it not only encourages in the faith, but it challenges the body and the deceptive feelings that plague us all. Balanced preaching. Preaching that's not steeped on the left side. It's not steeped on the right side. It's steeped in Christ. A preaching that 
challenges the Democrats, of preaching that challenges the repugnance, of preaching that I challenge you with today. All I know is this, is that godly rebuke comes with godly rejoicing. A balanced preaching brings not only repentance through rebuke, it brings rejoicing. As we overcome the temptations of this life, it is a package deal that comes with faith in Christ and Christ alone. Without this package, you have no Christ. I'm constantly challenging myself. I would be the I would be a fool and a liar if I said that I did not have to repent myself on a daily basis and if I did not have to resist the temptations that are thrown at me on a daily basis. Verse 13, therefore we are comforted in your comfort. Yea, and exceedingly the more joyed we for the joy of Titus, because his spirit was refreshed by you all. And I'm here to tell you, my friends, there is refreshing through repentance as we turn over a new leaf, as some would say, in our life. But I care for you, and I hope that you care for me. As we speak truth to each other, you can speak truth to me all day long, my friends. You may get under my skin, but I'm going to think about what you told me. And I'm going to put what I'm praying is often when these thoughts come to mind, where I have to reflect on my own behavior, how I've spoken, what I've said, what I've done, and where I need repentance. Now, why did Paul write such a hard truth to these Christian people? Why did he preach such a convicting message? Did he think that he was better than those people? Absolutely not. He said, uh, Paul said, I'm, I'm the chief of sinners. Oh, what a wretched man, Paul said. He preached these hard truths because he loved the Lord and he loved his neighbor as himself. He truly cared about the spiritual development of these people. He truly loved them. Verse 12, wherefore, though I wrote unto you, I did not for his cause that had done the wrong, nor for his cause that suffered wrong, but that our care for you in the sight of God might appear unto you. He wanted these people to know that he genuinely cared for them, that he genuinely prayed for them, that he wanted to be part of their lives. Don't you want to be loved, my friends? Isn't that what most of us seek in this life, to be cared and to be appreciated and to be loved by others? Tell me something that can replace that desire to be loved. There's nothing in this world that can replace this desire. And you're not going to find it in the antichrist things of this world. And that is what I want to provoke us to avoid. That's what I want to provoke us to condemn. Not celebrate it. Not make excuses for it. Not justify it. But repent of it. That's what we're called to do. Doc M. Doc M. Luznit on Gab replies, yes, motive is very important, of course. 
So what is the motive of Christians who preach obey or burn in a fiery pit of hell forever? I can only imagine the power and glory it must feel like to not only condemn sinners here on earth, but to condemn their immortal souls forever. Their power and glory, not the power and glory of God. These Christians, wrong man, corrupt man, and defraud man. For every post about the incredible, unimaginable love that God has for each and every soul, saint and sinner alike, I see at least two of these fire and brimstone posts. One of these two techniques bring glory and power to the individual, and one does what a, what a Christian is supposed to do, convert, not push away. Any Christian who becomes instantly defensive when this is discussed clearly has done this. True Christians are the greatest souls on this earth and are inspirational to us all. They are rare, but I, I, I believe that this is changing. You know, I read posts like this, and then I think about preaching from our Lord and Savior himself, where he says that unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. I don't know how many times he says this. He says, unless you repent, you will go where the worm dieth and the fire is not quenched. But I suppose the Lord himself is not a true Christian. No, he is the Christ. And he was a balanced preacher. But he was able to preach this fiery brimstone that you condemn because he loved man. Fire and brimstone preaching in love is much like shouting to a man who is speeding down a road. And that road is out. And that person is about to go off a cliff. And you're saying, stop. Turn around. You're going off a cliff. But I suppose that would not be inspirational warning to this person. I suppose we're supposed to clap our hands and, and, and wave and smile as the man is speeding down the road and, and just keep waving and smiling to encourage him as he goes off the cliff. Do you love that man? You hate that man because you did not have the unction and the balance preaching to warn that man and to keep him from falling off of that cliff. What is worse, shouting in this manner, say, saying nothing or even whispering to the point that you're not heard? So, well, why do you shout? Because I'm passionate. I know what the Lord has done with me. I know that he has stopped me on this road. And it was others who shouted to me and said, Stop, Andrew. Stop. You're going off a cliff. Turn to Jesus Christ. And I did. I listened. But what if they would have whispered? What if they didn't say nothing? What if they just waved at me as I was speeding down the road? How wicked that would be. Because you're afraid of what someone will say because you balanced your preaching with the whole counsel and the word of God versus cherry-picked scripture that you say is just to encourage. I want to encourage you, my friends. But I also want to warn you as well. I want to warn our people and I want them to turn around and to trust in Christ once again. Motive is often re 
field by the appropriate responses to the appropriate conditions which can only be dictated and led by the Spirit of Almighty God. We must seek the Lord on how to respond to those around us. Whether it be with the hard truth, whether it be with a word of encouragement, whether it be with a, with a, a, a time of reflection and a time of prayer, only the Spirit of God can de dictate it. But to say that we're only to respond in one way, in one cookie-cutter method to every single situation and condition is false. It is not balanced preaching. I have confidence in those who love me and care enough about me to tell me the things that I don't want to hear. To challenge me with truth that I have even defied myself. These are the people that I have confidence in. These are the preachers that I seek out. Principles that are within even loving families. Big John and Ann have a little child, beautiful ball of joy. She's running around here. She's smiling. Do we not, is not her behavior encouraged, her, her positive qualities? Of course they're encouraged and, and we rejoice with the little one as she smiles and she shows forth love and, and she does what is right. But if she goes out in the backyard and she's doing something that she's not supposed to, we have to speak hard truth to her. Otherwise, she's going to hurt herself or she's going to hurt others. This is love, my friends. True love. Hate withholds the truth. Hate justifies the lies because you don't want to offend someone else's feelings. The Bible makes it clear that just shall live by faith, not by feelings. Verse 15 through 16. And his inward affection is a more abundant towards you. Whilst he remembereth the obedience of you all, how with fear and trembling you received him. I rejoice, therefore, that I have confidence in you in all things. I respect a preacher or a man or a woman who seeks the whole counsel of God to be balanced in their walk with the Lord, to not fear men, but to rejoice with them as we tremble and we fear Almighty God together. But I'll tell you this, I do not respect those things or those who disrespect the people of God in His ways. I, I, I do not respect those things. Saw a Twitter post from Karma of the Sun Baked Horizon who says, Love seeing Christians miss the fact that it was the assault and violence that were the problem with Sodom and Gomorrah, but somehow they think the gay part was the problem. Now, these series of tweets are a result of Sodom and Gomorrah trending on Twitter this morning. And then they say, no, it might be that the town was trying to sexually assault strangers. Read it again. So we will. We'll read it again. Genesis chapter 19, verse 5 through 8. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. 
And Lot went out the door unto them and shut the door after him and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not no man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you and you do unto them as good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing for therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. So karma says, what does the gay part have to do with it? Well, first of all, Lot, I don't know what he was thinking about offering his daughters, but the fact is, is that he offered his female daughters to these wicked men so that they can sexually assault his female daughters. And you say, well, what does the gay part have to do? The gay part is they didn't want anything to do with the female daughters. So it had nothing to do with sexual assault. It had everything to do with the gay part. This is where we find the middle finger of God. And this is the hard truth that I preach unto you today. Shalogen says the reason Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed in scripture was because they were stingy and withheld hospitality. They were stingy and withheld hospitality. So according to Shalogen on Twitter, the reason that Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed was because Lot didn't invite these men into his house, put out a spread of food for him before they sexually assaulted these two angels. And then this person has the audacity to say it's ironic and ignorant when people use it to be homophobic and hateful. Who is the one being hateful? I don't hate the homosexual, because I understand that sexual debauchery goes far beyond the realm of just a man with a man and a woman with a woman. It goes all the way to heterosexual pornography. Yes, heter heterosexual, this is a hard truth, but you need to be listening too. Just because you sit there and watch a man and a woman on a screen doesn't make, make you any less make you more better or less sinful we must all come to repentance as it comes to our sexual behaviors and our lusts now do you understand the need for balanced preaching that truly understands the love and the wrath of god balanced preaching you'll find this balanced preaching all throughout the new testament the Lord himself was a balanced preacher. Paul was a balanced preacher. The disciples were a balanced preacher. And that's the only type of preaching that I seek to preach to you today. Jimmy on Twitter says the Sodom and Gomorrah tweets by Christians are a laugh. If only they cared as much about gun violence. These responses are not even rational. But when you're out of balance with the word of God, your ideology and your rationality is going to be out of balance. But balanced preaching will always preach the love and wrath of Almighty God. Because we love people, all people, because all people are image bearers of God, homosexual or not. I was talking to Big John this morning. And if I came across a... Home, open homosexual person today, I would treat them with respect. 
and I would share the love of Christ with them. And if we got on the topic of sexuality, if the topic did arise, of course, I would tell them what I believe and encourage them to repent and offer my prayer with them. And I would even ask upon their repentance that they would also pray for me as well to protect me from my sexual temptations that try to enter into this mind that I must cast down by the word of God. We read about this balance preaching today in Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath set me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. Here in this balanced preaching of what a man is called to do of the Spirit of God being upon him, you see that he preaches the day of the vengeance of God. You see that he comforts all that are that mourn. This is balance, my friends. It's balance. It's balance that's missing in the churches throughout America. And in our day, I had saw a post from Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. It says the same people saying Christian nationalism is dangerous are the same people grooming our children, pushing drag queen shows in elementary and middle, middle schools, teaching gender lies and advocating teenagers to go through genital mutilation. Tell me again who is dangerous. Danger is on all sides of us, Congresswoman. It's not just on the left. And this is what we have to address. Because if we don't start addressing it now, Christians are going to continue to be more and more demonized by this world for not addressing the whole truth, for not speaking the hard truth. These antichrists see the holes within this. They mock us because of this. Do you really want to make America great again? Plant trees of righteousness in Christ. Verse 3 and 4, Isaiah 61, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified, and they shall build the old waste. They shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. This is where truth repair is found. So we go back to this motive. Am I preaching to dime you out, to condemn you, to talk down to you. No, my friend. I'm preaching because I know what God has done in my life. I know that he has built this waste city up with the balanced preaching of the word of God that challenges me every single day as I read it and as I preach it. And as you can see, there is no robes required for this type of preaching. No collar around my neck. Verse 6, Isaiah 61, But you shall be named the priests of the Lord, 
Men shall call you the ministers of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall you boast yourselves. Don't need any of these things. I just told you what it requires to be a priest of the Lord. Those who have been endowed with the Spirit of God that we read in the opening of this chapter, those are the ministers of God. Those are the ones who truly care about you, the ones who are willing to tell you right and wrong, black and white, the hard truths, the soft truth. What is the soft truth? It's subjective, and it's outside of the Word of God. The hard truth comes from the objective Bible that I read to you today. Verse 10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. The question is, my friend, are you part of the bride of Christ, the church? Are you decked out in peace with the knowledge that flows from his word? Do you want to know what God hates, my friends? We read about it today in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 16 through 19. And this is why I say that balanced preaching will address the whole political spectrum, the left including the right, because you will agree with me after I tell you exactly what God hates, why it covers the whole political spectrum. Verse 16 and up through 19, Proverbs chapter 6, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. A balanced preacher will address these things, whether they are projected from the left or the right. Because they are. It's throughout the whole political spectrum. And yeah, we want to focus on things like homosexuality and abortion, and we rightfully so. But when we look at what God truly hates, the heart of the matter, it's in the proud, unrepentant state of man who justifies his sin versus repenting of that same sin. And it's here that we find My prayer, my prayer for you and I, my friends, with this balanced preaching that I truly believe that the Lord has laid upon my heart today. I preach it with nothing to gain and I preach it with nothing to lose. I only preach it in love with the hope that other men and women and children would be saved and come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through genuine faith. And if you have not done so, I pray that that's my prayer that you would bow your mind and that you would bow your heart and you would bow, bow your soul just like I did when I was 18 years old, when my salvation began in Christ. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm a sinner. 
I know, I know I've done many things that are contrary and offensive to your word. I don't know a whole lot about the Bible. But I ask that you come into my heart, that you forgive me. And I told the Lord on that day, I said, Lord, if I'm going to be a Christian, I want to do it right. If I'm going to be a Christian, I want to follow men, bold men who preach the word of God without compromise and balance with true love and concern for his fellow man and people. That's the heart and desire that I wish to have before you today. And I pray for you all in Jesus' name. I pray that this episode of Gospel was a blessing to you. And if you would like to become a team member of this Christ work, simply pray. Pray that God would use this podcast mightily for his glory. Share the episodes wherever you can and support with a subscription if you're able to do so. We are in this together, Christ friends. Keep up the good fight.